Okay, we're on the top of 30a, Lamed Ahmed Aleph, um, the third line, the word Amas. So Amas Mitzali, when do you pray this prayer? So we're talking about the wayfarer's prayer. When you go on a journey, when you go on a trip, you start off with a prayer. So when precisely do you say this prayer? Amar of Yaakov, Amar of Chista, Rav Yaakov said, and then Rav Chista, it's when you are actually going on the way. So this is generally understood as meaning you've kind of left your city limits and we could genuinely say you're on your way on your journey. You're no longer within your city. Ad Kama and until when can you say it? Amar of Yaakov, Amar of Yaakov said, Amar of Chista, Ad Parsa, you can say it until a Parsa. A Parsa is a distance that's between 12,000 and 16,000 feet. So once you've gone on that, that you should you should say the Tefillah Sadarach, the Wayfarer's journey uh, prayer, when you still are within that number of feet from um, uh, from the beginning of your trip. And how do you pray it? In other words, in what position do you pray it? Rav says you should be standing when you say it. Rav says no, you could even be traveling along the way. So in other words, you could be on your horse or in your airplane or on your train and you don't have to stand up to say it. Rav says we're going on the way. Come Rav Chista got up, stood up and said the prayer. So Rav Sheshis, who was traveling with Rav Chista, told his attendant, what is Rav Chista doing? What, what, what is he doing there? So the attendant said, he's standing. Now why was Rav Sheshis asking this question? Rav Sheshis was actually blind. He must have seen Rav Chista moving, or he must have realized Rav Chista was moving, wondering what he was doing. So he asked his attendant, and his attendant told him that Rav Chista was standing to say the wayfarer's prayer. Omar so he said to his attendant, please help me stand up and I will say the Tfila Saderach as well standing. If you can be good, don't let yourself be called bad. So in other words, because other people have stopped and stood to say the prayer, that means I now have the time to stop and stand and say the prayer. So I'm going to do so even though I do believe that you don't need to stop and you could say the prayer as you are traveling. Okay, so that's the end of that part of the discussion on the wayfarer's prayer. And um, now we're going to analyze different another part of the Mishnah because we had two different things in the Mishnah. We were introduced to the concept of the Havinenu, which is a shortened version of the Amida. And we were also introduced to if you're traveling in a dangerous place, you should, instead of saying the regular prayer service, you say a short prayer. So there we've two different short prayers, and now we're going to wonder what the difference is. What's the difference between the Havinenu, shortened Amida, and the short prayer that you're supposed to say if you're in a dangerous place and you don't have the ability and time to say the full service? So we answer as follows. Havinenu, when you say Havinenu, you need to say the first three blessings of the Amida and the last three blessings of the Amida. And then the Havinenu is the middle of it, that you say that instead of the middle blessings. And when you return to your house, you don't have to repeat Shona Esrei because the Amida, because your abridged version did the trick. 
b'tfilah katsara, but when it comes to the short prayer, the one that you say if you're in a dangerous area, lo lo shalosh you don't have to say the first three blessings and the last three blessings of the Amidah. V'chimati lebeisei, and if you do return to your house, or when you return to your house and there's still time, you actually have to now go and say the Amidah because it is not a abridged version of the Amidah, it's just a separate prayer. So if you do have time when you get back to say the Amidah, you should say it. The Hilchasa and the Halacha also is, the law also is, the Havinenu prayer should be said standing, whereas the short prayer could be said either standing or on the way or while you're traveling. So you could be sitting on your donkey, for instance. Okay, now we're going to analyze the next part of the Mishnah. We're at, I believe, what is the first colon on the page. If you were riding on a donkey and then the time for prayer came, we said that you should get off the donkey and pray. If you were riding on the donkey and the time for prayer came, if you have someone that will be able to hold on to your donkey for you, then you should come off of it, pray, and you won't be worried because someone else is watching your donkey for you. But if you don't have anyone else, then then you should stay sitting on your donkey and prayer and pray. Rebbe Omer, Rebbe says, Rebbe says, no matter what, whether you do have someone to watch your donkey or not, you could say sitting on your donkey or you should stay sitting on your donkey and praying. And this would be praying even while the donkey is moving. Because the truth is, is taking the time to get off of your donkey to prayer to pray will make it that your mind is not focused because you'll be so nervous about wasting time, about losing the time, precious time. So better actually to just stay sitting on the donkey, let the donkey keep moving, traveling, and you say the prayer and that works. Amar Rava, Rava says, and some say Rabbi Shubh and Levi that said this, Halacha Karebi, the Halacha follows Rebbe, that you stay on your donkey and pray. Tan Rabbanon. Okay, we're at the next colon now. Tan Rabbanon, the rabbis taught. Suma, if you have somebody that's blind. Someone that doesn't, you can't figure out which uh, which direction is which. You should focus your heart towards our Father in Heaven. Shinemar, as the verse says, um, pray towards God. If you're standing outside of Israel, you should focus your heart towards Israel. Shinemar, as the verse says, they will pray to you by way of their land. If you're standing in Israel, you shall focus your heart towards Jerusalem. Shinemar, as the verse says, they will pray to God by way of the city which you have chosen. If you are standing in Jerusalem, you should focus your heart towards the Holy Temple. As the verse says, you shall pray towards this house, referring to the Holy Temple. If you are standing in the Beis HaMikdash, if you are standing in the Holy Temple, you shall turn, focus your heart towards the Holy of Holies. Shinemar, as the verse says, and they will pray towards that place, or this place, which is the Holy of Holies. What happens if you're actually standing in the Holy of Holies? Then which way do you pray? 
You shall face the covering of the ark, the ark, the holy ark that held the tablets um, from Mount Sinai. Um, if you were standing behind the covering of the ark, you should see yourself as if you are in front of the um, covering of the ark. If you're standing in the east, you should face west to in order to be facing the 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 in order to be facing uh, Jerusalem and the Holy Temple and so on. If you're standing in the west, you should face east. If you're standing in the south, you shall face north. If you're standing in the north, you should face south. Which would then mean that all Jews are facing the same way, facing towards the same direction when they pray, facing towards the same place when they're praying. Amar Rabbi Avin v'Semer Ravina. Rabbi Avin said in the name of Ravina, and some say it's Ravina. My crow, what is the verse? What is the verse that is used as a source for this? Um, that you should be facing the base Hamikdash, the temple. So the verse says, Kim Migdal David Savarech, like the Tower of David is your neck. Banui Latalpios, built Latalpios. What does the word Talpios mean? Tel Shakolpios Ponimbo. It's going it's a hill that all mouths face. In other words, what this saying is is all prayers face this hill, a hill referencing the temple mount, that hill. So that's the idea. Now we're going to talk about praying before the time for prayer actually arrives and different uh, customs when it came to that. Abu Shmuel, the Levi. So by the way, we're at the next colon. One, two, three, four lines down in the wide lines, the first word on the line. Abu Shmuel, the Levi, Kavu Baila, Mefik, Laorcha. Abu Shmuel, so Shmuel's father and Levi, when they wanted to go on the road early in the morning, they would get up even earlier to Davin. So they would pray the Shmona Aser, the Amida, before sunrise. They, they would embark on their travels. And once the time for saying Shema came, Karu, they would say the Shema. Kiman. So now the Gemara is asking, who is this going according to? It's going like the following person that taught in the Braisa. If you got up early to go on the road, they should bring the person a shofar and he'll blow the shofar if it's Rosh Hashanah. Lulav bring him a lulav to shake, the four species to shake if it's Sukkot. Megillah v'koreba, bring him a megillah to read on Purim if, uh, um, um, if it's Purim. Um, and then let him go on the way. So do all of this before sunrise, then let him go on the way. And once the time for Shema comes, he'll say the Shema. If you got up early in order to take a trip by wagon or by boat, misbalel again, you pray Shmona Esra, you pray the Amida early before sunrise. And once the time for Shema comes to say the Shema, you say the Shema. Rabbi Shimon says, In both of these cases, you actually wait. And on your journey, you say Shema, and then you say the Amidah. In order that you juxtapose the Geula, the mention of redemption that comes with the reciting of Shema, 
and Shemona Esrei right after that, and the Amida, the prayer service, right after that. So what we end up having here is a machlokas, is a dispute. If you're going to be getting up very early, early enough to pray, but not early enough to say Shema, should you pray before you go and then say Shema on the way? Um, and that would allow you then to say the prayer service, the Amida, while standing and not sitting in a boat or something like that, or in a wagon. Or do we say it's more important to juxtapose redemption and then the Amidah, which would mean then that you should wait until it's time to say Shema. Say Shema while sitting on your boat or in your wagon. Say the blessings of Shema so you'll talk about redemption and then go into the Shemona Esrei, the Amidah, and you'll end up sitting during the Amidah. So which one's better? And that's the dispute. And now actually the Gemara is going to explain that. But Mike Mifkli, what exactly is the point of the dispute here? Mar Savar Umad Adif, one master holds that praying standing up is more important, that that's more important than joining redemption and the and the Amidah. Umar Savar Adif, and the other master holds, no, joining the redemption and the prayer service is more, is uh, is considered better than, is more important, I'm sorry, than standing during your Amidah. Okay? So they would gather 10 people on a Shabbos before a festival when there used to be a very long um, lecture and they would pray. So they would pray before the lecture. And then they would go out to the lecture. So what this would seem to tell us then is that what they did is they gathered 10 people. Um, this would have been before the right time to say Shema. And they would say the Shema and the blessing and then the Shemona Esrei. Um, so they were doing this earlier than you usually should be saying the Shema. But we see from what they did that it's very important to say the Shema before the Shemona Esrei, before the Amidah. Um, and that is... Um, and that before the Amida, in order to be able to juxtapose the redemption and the Amida. Okay, so that's what they did. Rav Ashi Mitzali Rav Ashi, when he would give the lectures, he would pray privately, sitting while the congregation was listening, or at the same time as the congregation. Now, what this re- really means is that when a rabbi would give a lecture, Basically, he would say the lecture, and then at different points, somebody would make it kind of be his microphone and say it louder, because you know it's it's hard and it's hard work to say to give the lecture and do it loudly, especially if you don't have a loud voice. Perhaps you're elderly, so there would be this person that would kind of be the microphone and repeat the lecture much louder. So what he would do is, is when the time for Shema came, um, sorry, when the time for Shema and Shemona Esrei came, what he would do is is he would say a larger part of the lecture, which would then give him time while the microphone person would be saying the lecture to then say the Shema and the Shemona Esrei. But he would do this while sitting. Um, Yeah, he would do it while sitting um, in order not to make anybody stand up for him as he stood up. Uh, and then Kihava and then when he would get to his house after the lecture, he would repeat the Amida while standing. Amrile Rabbanon, the rabbi said to him, Vileyavin Mar Kimare Mar. 
Umar Zotra, why aren't you doing like Maremar and Marzotra? What would they do? They were the ones that would gather 10 people together before the lecture and say Shema and Shema Nasrei. So why don't you do that? Amr Luhu, so he said to them, Tarikhali Milsa, it's too much of a burden. Now, there's different ways of understanding it. Probably one way of understanding it is that if I'm going to be getting everybody together to do an entire minion, I'll end up starting my lecture too late and it'll become, it's 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 not right for me to start so late. But then why don't you do like Avua de Shmuel and Levi? What did they do? They would pray the Shmona Esrei, the Amida, before going off on their trip. And then... When the time came for Shema, they would say the Shema. In other words, they would say Shema Nasrei before the Shema, even though that meant they would not be juxtaposing redemption and the Amida. So why don't you do like them? Amr Luhu, he said to them, I've never seen rabbis that are older than us, the Avdi Hachi, that would do something like this. So we see that he wouldn't want to, didn't want to do this because he was worried that he shouldn't be doing the Shema Nasrei first because that takes away the opportunity to do redemption and then the Amidah. Okay, so that's the end of that Gemara. Now we're going to go on in the Mishnah. The Mishnah is uh, Mem Tov Nun Yod. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines from the bottom. Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah Omer. Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah says, Ain't filas ha-musafin el ir. You do not say the Musaf, the Musaf prayer that you say on like the holidays, the festivals, unless you have a congregation together with you. Okay, the congregation of the city. In other words, you don't say it as an individual. You only would say it if you're together with a with a uh, congregation. And the sages say, no, you'd say it regardless, whether you're by yourself or whether you are with the congregation. Rabbi Yehuda, Omer Mishmo, Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, we already heard the first version of what Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah says. He says, the anywhere where there is a congregation, an individual is exempt from saying Musaf because he'll be able to fulfill his obligation of Musaf through the congregational recitation. So those are the different opinions when it comes to Musaf. But now we're asking Rabbi Yehuda Hainu Tanakama. Now seemingly Rabbi Yehuda's version of Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah and the first way we understood Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah would seem to be exactly the same. That if there that it makes a difference as to whether you are by yourself or with a congregation, so the answer is follows. No, the difference between them is if you're an individual without a congregation. Tanakama Savar Pater, the first opinion would say you're actually exempt from saying Mosef because Mosef is only said when you are together with a congregation. Rabbi Yehuda Savar whereas Rabbi Yehuda would feel that Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah would say you're actually obligated. That in his opinion, the idea is, is that if you have a congregation, then you don't need to say it because your congregation will exempt you, will help you fulfill your own obligation. But if you don't have your congregation, then you certainly would need to do it by yourself. said in the name of Halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda, who said in the name of Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. That if there is no congregation, you must say the Musaf, and if there is a congregation, then you don't need to actually say it because the congregation's recitation will help for you. said to him, you said it right. said, I've never prayed the Musaf prayer by myself. Um, in Naharda. 
Um, Nahartel was a big Jewish community, so there always was a, Jew, a community there. So I never prayed Musaf by myself. Except for that day when the king's army came to our city, and it really bothered the rabbis, and they were not able to pray. So I prayed by myself. I was an individual without having the community together with me. So that would seem to show us, like Rabbi Huda understood, that if you have the, if you don't have a community, then you say the Musaf. If you do have the community, then it's up to you. All right, we'll stop here. Um, we'll quickly just go over what we did today. Um, we talked about the Tfilas Haderach, the Wayfarers Pray, when you should say it exactly. Then we got to the differences between the Havinenu and the short prayer. Then we talked about how to pray if you're on a trip, specifically you're on a donkey, what do you do? What happens if you don't know where the right direction is and which directions and what you should be praying was our next discussion. Um, that we talked about how to pray if you're trying to leave on a trip early in the morning, what you should say when. Um, that was the end of that. And then we got to the Mishnah where we talked about Mosif. As Mosif said, with the congregation, without a congregation, how does that work? All right. Yashir Kayach. Have a great day.